everybody, and welcome to Industry Night with me, Nikki Nellis, the show that takes you on the deep dives of what's happening in the restaurant community. Uh, if you're new here, hi. Thanks so much for joining me today. A little bit of background about me. I've been covering the D.C. food, wine, and hospitality scene for the last 20 years. If you live in the D.C. area, you read the list, areyouonit.com, the online e-zine that tells you absolutely everything that is happening here. All the events, all the gossipy buzz, every single opening, and the longest list of what's opening soon. Because you know, when it comes to restaurants, even though they tell you when it's opening, it's not really when it's opening. But I got the dirt on all that stuff. So check out the list, areyouonit.com. Of course, you want to follow me at N-Y-C-C-I-N-E-L-L-I-S, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Threads, and of course, oh, and LinkedIn, and of course, this show, industry night which is now on youtube uh always remember that you can always dm me on any of those platforms and you can also ask questions on youtube i'm always delighted to ask my guests or any of the previous guests who've been on uh your questions so get in touch let's see am i forgetting anything oh my god i am foodie and the beast 15 years on air my husband david and i have the only food and wine variety show in the dc metro area of course you see me on tv and hear me regularly on wtop because i am out and about and in case you notice i'm in a beautiful new location i have a new residency for the month of december and i'm so excited um this is ren it is in the Watermark Hotel, and um, this area, if you haven't been here in the Capital One building, is like on fire. Two years ago, it was just this building, I feel like, which also has a theater in it and a Wegmans in it, and now there are just buildings and restaurants popping up over the entire area. It's sort of on the other side of the Galleria in Tyson's, like on the other side of the Beltway, or at least, I mean, that's how this Marylander sort of feels about it. But anyway, here we are in Wren, and I love Wren because this is in the Watermark Hotel, Chef Yo Matsuaki. Matsuzaki. I, Matsuzaki, Matsuzaki yep. uh -huh. thank you. So he does beautiful food based on his Japanese heritage, but using local ingredients. He does an incredible omakase here, and their bar, which you can see right behind me, has incredible whiskey, Japanese whiskey offerings, and they do an incredible cocktail menu. We're going to get into all of that with the guy right next to me, Eric Bergman, in just a second, because he'll be joining me later, along with... Later in the show, I'm so excited because I have two industry veterans joining me, uh, Des Riley and Chris Carr. Both are co-founders of SRG Concepts. Now, you may not know the name SRG Concepts because that's not what you would know, but they're the guys behind Chicken and Whiskey. They're also behind uh, Doi Moy. So they have a very, really interesting way of about picking out uh, where they are, the concepts that they do, and how they're expanding them. And I'm really looking forward to talking to them. But first, let's talk about where I've been, because per usual, your girl has been out and about eating all the things, seeing all the things, and there's so many ways to enjoy what's happening during this season right now. So... I was at Centralina uh, earlier this week, uh, seeing my girl, Amy Brandwine, who was doing all the things at her space in city center. It was actually a luncheon to celebrate Chefs for Equality 2023. I know you've heard it from me a thousand times. I'm sure you're sick of it, but it was the event of the season and we raised over half a million dollars for the human rights campaign. Chefs for Equality is the only volunteer run event that raises funds for the human rights campaign. And we include every single chef in the DC metro area 
of note, I might add, to cook at that event. Uh, you can check my Insta feed to see all the fun from that event and also what Amy was cooking up for that luncheon because it was delicious. Um, Bombay Club, Ashok Bajaj's restaurant is celebrating 35 years in service. And that uh, deserves so much round of applause because this business is so tough. But I went there and I just forgot because it has been a minute like how gorgeous that space is. It's so luxurious and posh and the food is so delicious. Anyway, he's got an amazing menu celebrating his 35 years featuring some of the iconic dishes. Of course, you can get anything you want off the a la carte, um, but the hospitality there is just top notch. It's such a, an Ashok restaurant in every way. Um, checked out the new Corso. Guess who's back? Kahal Armstrong is back and he's cooking it up over in Sherlington of all places. And he is not doing what you are used to him doing. He's doing Italian, like mom and pop Italian. He is partnered with Jill and Jeff Erber of Cheese Teak. They have reinvented their concept there in Sherlington and they are doing the kind of pasta you want on a cold night. I had the rigatoni with bolognese. It was delicious. Chef's porchetta is not really porchetta. It's really pork belly, but it's delicious. And the bistecca, you know, my husband is a huge Italophile, is like on point. Oh, and the dessert at the end, I can't remember what they call it. It's like Circus Maximus or something like that. It's insane. Um, calling it a Sunday is not fair because there's so much else going on there, but um, it's worth every calorie. And then lastly, for you theater goers out there, you know I have you, went to the um, Shakespeare Theater Company in the Harmon Hall last night to see As You Like It, but it's not as you normally see it. So it is the Bard and the Beatles mashed together there is singing and it's all Beatles song set to what's happening in As You Like It, all 60s themed. It was so much fun. Anyway, it's here till January 7th. So if you have a chance, you should absolutely see it. Okay. That was like the lamest pop of a bubbly that I've ever heard. But I'm going to thank Eric Bergman, who is the director of restaurants and bars at the Watermark Hotel for uh, joining me today. What did you pop, Eric? Thanks so much for having us uh, and having me. But, you know, Nikki, I didn't want to interrupt your uh, amazing know, intro there. But, you know, I like, so, I like you know, the industry noise. It, I felt like I was getting in the way. But um, so we're here at Ren, as you mentioned. We're mm -hmm. at a Japanese izakaya restaurant. I wanted right. to pour you something I don't think you probably had before. This is, and I know your love of bubbles. Yes. Uh, like your personality <laughs> here. Um, so we have Hakkasan sparkling mm -hmm. sake. Mm. This was um, made at the Hakkasan Brewery in uh, Nagano, Japan, mm -hmm. was uh, commissioned by the government of Japan okay. um, when they hosted the Olympics because they wanted to have a sparkling uh, item to, to share at celebrations, uh -huh. but they didn't want to pour French champagne. Right. So they made sparkling sake. This is made from uh, mountain waters, uh, melted snow caps of uh, Mount Fuji, and uh, you know it's just incredible stuff. So all right, can, that's yes. Yeah, I'm going to let you pour for me. Thank sure. you. So. I know I gave a little intro to the space. I sure. hope you feel like I did it justice. Yes. I'd like to know like your your take on where we are, the Watermark Hotel and sort of this Capital One area. Because sure. it's it's like Oz. It came out of nowhere. You know, you know what I mean? I think Oz is a great uh a great description for it because it does Thank seem you. to just rise up out of the beltway, uh, right. as you, as you come down, you know, these, uh, we're in the Sapphire City instead of the Emerald City, right? right. With all these blue buildings around. Um, we're in the Capital One Center with the new, uh, global headquarters for Capital One. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, we have, 
uh, over 10,000 associates coming in here, you know, hybrid still a right. couple days a week, uh -huh. um, but traveling in from around the world uh, to join us. Cheers. Cheers. So cheers, happy cheers, to cheers. have you. So happy to be here. Mm. Oh, isn't that good? Isn't that fun? Yeah, you it have is. that uh, that sake, uh, you know, umami kind of uh, yeasty situation happening with the the uh, kanji and yeah. But you know, I think there's a real, and I don't want to go down a rabbit hole, but I think there's a misconception about sake that mm. it's going to be really sweet, oh, cold sake, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, because right. of the rice and the starches. Yep. But this is really dry. It's beautiful. Yeah, Thank it's you for that. It's a fun one. Yeah, I thought you might enjoy it. Absolutely. Okay. So, so quickly. yeah. Um, we're in the Capital One Center. We're in the Watermark Hotel. Mm -hmm. um, and so this hotel was uh, built by Capital One uh, to serve its associates uh, right. traveling in and out. Um, but of course, we're here for the uh, the public here in Tyson's, McLean, Vienna. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's funny. You've been here long enough. You know that this Tyson's Corner was supposed to be this ring city, it was supposed to be this, uh, you know, just outside of D.C. and, and you know, but not in D.C. Right. Um, and I think only now are we starting to see it really become what it was originally intended to be. Well, I think, honestly, to your point, it's very hodgepodge, mm -hmm. right? It's like you got something over here right. and then you have something over there. Yeah. But I, I do believe with what's happening in this Capital One area. Is that yeah. what they're calling it? It's Capital One Center. So, we, you know, okay. we refer to it as a campus. It's, you it, know. Well, it's, yeah. I, I, um, it's a, what are they called? It's a city center, right? Correct, yes, so, yeah. you know, it's just got a little bit of everything. The Wegmans is here, all the right. things. The theater is here. Um, and hall, then there's amazing. so many residences and now the hotel and yeah. what you all are doing. Let's talk about, like, in the following weeks, we'll talk about, because there's, a, it's like a three ring circus. So, but let's talk about the restaurant sure. a little bit because, yeah. um, what you guys doing here is is really unique. It's incredible. Um, and I'm so happy to be able to have something of this caliber in Tyson's for local residents, because I think it's just a fun place to come and you don't have to get into the city for a city like vibe. Mm -hmm. um, when you walk into the space, you know, as you came in today, I think right. you hadn't been here since we opened. Um, it's no, no, really, no, I've been here since then, Okay, but go ahead. well, you know, uh, it's incredible, uh, you know, so much space we have here. Mm -hmm. um, but the restaurant, uh, the evolution is is just really interesting. Opened with 40 seats in a bar, you know, just thinking it would be a, a lounge, uh, mm -hmm. you know, uh, for, for residents of the hotel, guests of the hotel. Um, and today we sit in 110 seats. Um, we just can't uh, add enough seats for, for people to come. And, but can and be we able talk about what them. Chef is doing? Because sure. I think what he's, you know, his background is really yes. interesting. He's been on Foodie and the Beast. Um, I think what he's doing is really unique for the area. Absolutely. Um, he brings really traditional methods of mm -hmm. uh, Japanese cooking um, to the table, but in an elevated and local uh, inspired I can't remember. Uh, Did he work for Nobu? He, he started a, with Nobu, right? Yeah, I mean, Chef Morimoto brought right, him to brought the States. Brought him over, right. Yeah, you know, which is just incredible. Worked 10 years in New, in New York at Nobu with him. Uh -huh. um, and has been uh, all around the country since then. He was at Zentan uh, for years in, oh, in wow. the city mm -hmm. um, when that was a thing. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he came in and he defined what this restaurant was going to be just mm -hmm. through his, you know, uh, his cuisine and, and what he brought to the table every day. So we have what we call an izakaya concept, mm -hmm. um, you know, which really just uh, in Japan is a is a watering hole, is a place to come and get snacks and bites and commiserate. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we do here. It's, uh, you know, small and medium plates meant to be shared, as we all know, that style. Right. right? right. But um, it is, uh, you know, it encourages a convivial environment, which I think we find all the time. Um, people just getting together over great cocktails. Um, I appreciated the, the introduction. We'd 
really lean into the spirits here. Uh, mm-hmm. We definitely have our Japanese whiskeys, but um, whiskeys abound. We have over 200 labels sitting on the shelf. Wow. Um, always adding anything we can get our hands on here, mm-hmm. uh, which is always fun in Virginia. Um, but, uh, you know, cocktails is really where we kind of make our um, uh, make our stand here in the in the in the campus. Great. Um, and I think they go really well with chef's uh, chef's menu. We actually have an izakaya option on the menu, and that's simply our version of a chef's tasting menu where Chef Yo will take you through five, six waves of food that just arrive at the table. Oh, how much um, fun. And it's just it just feels like it doesn't stop once it gets started. Really, really fun. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, listen. Over the next couple of weeks, we'll be having Chef on and uh, the general manager and other people yep. who are who make what's happening here at the Watermark and at Wren happen because there's so much happening. So I really appreciate you all having me. Thank you for being here. It's We're thrilled be to have fun. you. Yeah, so much, good. so much fun. Great. All right, I'm going to say goodbye to you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and then I'm going to bring on my two next guests. So. Um, I remember when uh, the chicken and whiskey concept opened on 14th Street, and I loved that it was all business in the front and party in the back, because I thought that was a really cool concept, but I didn't know who was behind the concept, which I know, if you know me, that's a rarity, because I like know everybody in the city. Um, but it was a great addition to 14th Street. So fast forward several years, I met... Des Riley, who's joining me at the moment. But I just met today his business partner, Chris Carr. They are co-founders of SRJ Concepts. But they both have interesting roots in the industry and have their hands in several concepts, and including the chicken and whiskey expansion, as well as taking over the beloved Doi Moy, which, for those of you who know, I have Max Color on the show recently. I got all, I got all upset because I miss his father, Mark Color. Um, but they're now part of that and so many other things. So we're going to get into it. So, hi. Hi, Nikki. How are you? Thanks Happy to be here. Thanks for joining me. Um, hey, cheers. I'm, I love the. I'm starting with a little bubbly to get there the party go. going. <laughs> cheers. We'll wait for you. We'll wait for you. Thank you. Go thank ahead. You. Okay. So, um, Des, since I know you first, let's start with you. Sure. We'll get to Chris. All right. Um, tell me awesome. a little bit about how you got in the industry, because um, not everybody like sits there as a five-year-old and thinks, one day I'm going to own a bunch of restaurants. How did it happen for you? Yeah, I never wanted to be in this business. Okay. Ever. It was really... Um, Famous last words. <laughs> it was really uh, a, a combination of... I fell in love with a business that didn't really love me back. I wanted to be an actor and mm. a writer and apparently wasn't good at either. So uh, <laughs> um, I started creating restaurant concepts and that only started because... I met Chris. We were bartenders in New mm-hmm. York City, mm-hmm. slinging margaritas behind the same stick together. And we just... Which is a form of acting. Like, let's oh. be clear. Oh, yeah. I mean, For I know sure. I mentioned my son who's at Silver Lion. I yeah. mean, he too was a thespian <clears throat> and uh, could not make his yeah. his passion his profession. For sure. But he has found a way to do it behind the bar. Absolutely. So showing up to work every day, especially in like busy, trendy restaurants, nightclubs, mm-hmm. bars... You definitely get that sort of athletic theatrical experience with, you know, your audience and it's very technical yet, but there's art and science merging together. It's mm-hmm. all entertainment, right? So yeah, I really was fueled by that, but really what became much more fun for me was creating restaurant concepts. And Chris and I would do this together. We would, you know, put old school PowerPoint presentations together with all kinds of great storylines and, and, 
fun precedent pictures and we yeah, but i feel like you're yada yada yadding over how you jump from being a bartender well. to <laughs> coming up with restaurant concepts because lots of people think hey you know what's a great idea you should do x but you need the so here's the here's the nitty that happen yeah so here's really the nitty-gritty i went to work for a guy in new york city mm-hmm. who was a, a great visionary uh his name was jamie mulholland and he owned several nightclubs uh and he was a great sort of conceptual guy, but I got firsthand experience with all of his operational people okay. and his salespeople and his marketing people. So mm-hmm. I was just sort of accumulating all this information mm-hmm. and just building it up and, and developing my own sort of thoughts on how I thought an operational department should run and an events department should run. But it was really more business savvy. Mm-hmm. I was learning the, the business of, of hospitality and the financials as well. And so that was really the turning point because I suddenly had confidence that, you know what, I know I have this creative stuff going on, but a lot of people do, but I think I could marry that with ops, marketing, financials. I really feel like I could merge the two together and then do things that I wanted to do. And so that was really, that was really the, the, the piece that filled the gap. Well, I think that's really interesting because I think a lot of people who get into this industry actually don't have both. They have yeah. one or the other and that's where Oh, for sure. Things fall apart. I didn't have any of that other stuff at first. I really right. didn't. And only over the years have I sort of developed it. And truth be told, when um, Chris and I did our first restaurant together and we lost it, we went bankrupt. It was uh, a financial abject failure. It was a critical success. But even at that point in time, when we were able to get our first project called Kettle Hill in Baltimore mm-hmm. City mm-hmm. launched, um, I didn't know enough. Sure. I didn't really know enough. And mm-hmm. so now fast forward to, you know, 2023 soon to be 2024 and this is this is 12 years later i really feel like now um i know less than i ever thought i would love okay well i'm gonna put a pin in you because i'm what i want i'm gonna say to that because i want to get to your partner here is because it's fluid and it's an ever-evolving thing and nothing just because you think i mean it's like raising a child do you know what i mean like when they're babies you finally get them to sleep like they're sleeping through the night, you know, at six months, but then at eight months, they're not like you, every yeah. time you think you've crossed a hurdle, not, not necessarily true. Right. For, for sure. Wrinkles at every turn, whether it's construction or whether it's demographics or whether it's sales intentions. Oh yeah. Or a pandemic. I mean, hello, pandemic, things right? you can't plan for. I know. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Hi. Hi. How are you? Cheers. Yeah. Oh, cheers. Yeah, to you too. Cheers. Oh, Lots of cheers. I love this. Here <laughs> cheers. We go. Cheers, cheers. cheers. Big ears. Mm. Okay. So Chris Carr, let's talk a little bit about your background. Sure. He sort of does not delve into the places that he worked at. I don't know if he's embarrassed about them or what the deal is. I know all about it. Because he and I have been together since 2005. But so wait, were you at the Biltmore? You were at the Biltmore, right? Biltmore Room. room? Yeah. Yeah, That was just previous to me uh, meeting Des. That was 2003, 2005. Yeah. Because that was a great space. Amazing. Oh my God. I love that space. Okay. So how'd you get in the industry? Were you what? also an actor? No. Oh. No, I have no, uh, I have no um, singing, dancing, <laughs> charismatic uh, uh, traits uh, okay. whatsoever. But no, I went to uh, Penn State for business logistics, mm-hmm. um, and uh, what, basically did an internship and realized I don't want to sit in a cubicle for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. So I got out of school and I moved to New York City and I needed to pay the bills. Sure. So the first thing I did was uh, got a job uh, as a barback. Okay. And then graduated. From a bar back to a food runner and a food runner to a server and then to a bartender and then a bar manager and then 
But what was it about beverage specifically that sort of rang your bells? Um, I've always liked just hosting people, just like hospitality. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I like. Well, I call it the hospitality chip. You know, not everybody has it. You know, like there are lots of people. um, I always say like in New York or L.A., it's so much easier for good service and good hospitality because of so many actors. Yeah. People are like, it's just another role. I can do it. Whereas in D.C., no judgment, DC. But That's like true. hospitality is harder because everybody wants you to know when they're serving you. By the way, I went to Harvard. I mean, like, it's, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's a real, it's hard to pull from this pool because of the kinds of people who are here and what they're here for. Yeah. And, you know, they want people to know that, that they're on par with them. Yeah. So it makes it we tough. Know, we know that firsthand. I mean, when we were in New York City, we would have literally professional actors that are off on Broadway, off Broadway. Right. They're, you know, they're in movies and they can memorize scripts you know, like quickly and, you know, they may be able to translate that, translate the menu into a performance and watch them perform, you know, at the, uh, mm-hmm. for your guests was, was amazing. And that I think was one of the most difficult things is when we moved out of New York city into our project at Baltimore, we were used to such a caliber of, of individual that we'd worked with. Mm-hmm. It was a rude awakening, um, to, you know, try to parlay so that into what? Baltimore. Okay. So how did you, how did he to sort of get you to join in and come up with concepts together? Like when did this partnership happen? So to, we met behind the bar in 2005 okay. as bartenders. And then um, the gentleman that Des was speaking about earlier, Jamie Mulholland, mm-hmm. he was just, he just gave us a lot of opportunity. So very quickly as he was growing his, his business, we mm-hmm. were going along for the ride. So I, I quickly graduated into running all the beverage and the operations and opening the restaurants. And Des really graduated into the creative, the events, the branding, booking, yeah. the entertainment. So he and I kind of went hand in hand where he would really run all the creative and entertainment com- components and I would run the ops. So, um, yeah, that was it. That's how we. And so did you get his blessing to sort of go out on your own? Oh, no, it was not great. So okay. he was pissed. I yeah. had a feeling yeah. that was coming. So, uh, I'll, I'll never forget that moment. You know, so Jamie had a couple of partners and, and one of his partners, um, was not happy that we were leaving and we were leaving together as a team sure. because it was you were leaving a, a hole oh yeah and it was at, at a time when the company <clears throat> was not doing well and we saw the writing on the wall we saw that this what year was this 2010 uh, oh so right after like yeah in mid-recession yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah and so we at one point in time in that in, in so you said we should open up a restaurant <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> so we did. We tried to actually at first we wanted to do a concept in New York City mm-hmm. on 26th and Park, okay. like really yeah. right across the street from the flagship store of, um, of one of our favorite restaurants. Um, we had a buddy, Ryan. What was Ryan's last name? Ryan. Oh, my God. Um, so long ago. Anyway, <laughs> long ago. I can't remember my kid's name. We, so, but anyway, go ahead. We were trying to do on some of the most expensive real estate in America, a restaurant concept. Mm-hmm. And we had a good concept, but we didn't know what the hell we were doing. We didn't know the math. Yeah, we didn't, well, yeah, we didn't know the math, we didn't know the real estate, we didn't know the semantics, we didn't know how to deal with the landlords. Mm. But um, we knew we had something and we were doing pitches, but it was really not going anywhere fast. But what really made everything change, and this is when I realized that um, <clears throat> I didn't need New York City in my life anymore, I just needed an opportunity. And Chris, I think, felt the same way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We got a call from a guy in Baltimore City who want, was interested, who contacted our architect at the time, our design architect company, mm-hmm. who we were working with to develop this concept in New York. He said, hey, why don't you bring these guys to Baltimore? We need a concept. We've got some great people behind it, and let's get this thing going. So we just thought this was our entree. This is our like really 
our so our was it a sweetheart deal? Looking no. back, was no. it a sweetheart deal? No, but it was a good learning experience. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was the we learned sweetheart. we learned that we we thought because we were running operations of a, of a, some successful concepts in New York City, we're like, ah, you know, we know we know everything about owning and places. Yeah. Truth be told, owning and running places oh are completely yeah. night and day. So of we, yeah. you know, we had went to the school of hard knocks. We did. We didn't understand what personal guarantees meant. We didn't understand any of that exposure. I could tell you what that means. We'll, I totally get that. Oh yeah. So we learned all of that well, stuff. Well, plus, the hard way. if you didn't really know the city well, yeah. What was that building called again? Power Station. We, we were in Power Plant Live. Power Plant Live. Yeah. Power Station was a group. But the tricky thing about Baltimore, it's the most nuanced city I've ever lived in, and it can be it can be feast or famine depending on where. I know, and located. I I. I I love Baltimore. Oh, it's great. I think it's, it's a, a funky-ass city. It is. I love it. And yeah. I think there are, are parts, like mm -hmm. all of it has, each part has a very interesting thing about it. But if yeah. you don't know your market, and one of the things I do say to uh, people in the business or people who want to open in certain places, it's yeah. like, who are you opening for? Yeah. Who is yeah. your audience that you think is coming here? Right. Right? Oh, yeah. So did you ask that question before you did this? I think we did at the... The, I think we did it backwards. Oh. I think we said, we're going to deliver this and you're going to like it. <laughs> we, were, we will build it so, and you should come. Yes. yes we totally were, get it. We were fueled by, by hubris and ignorance. <laughs> mm. We were like super, we were successful in New York City. So we thought we were so, we were so confident. And my wife Oh, right. Because you, you're from New York. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. we, right. we know everything. Uh -huh. goes from New York. I totally get that. Yeah. My wife who's from Baltimore would constantly remind me that I don't know anything because this is Baltimore now. So. Oh, my God. It, I like your wife so And it's much. still that way, though. Uh -huh. I don't know anything. But, okay. but we were like fueled. We were fueled by that. And really, you can get, you can go so far with just, you know, blinders on and mm -hmm. until the shit really hits the fan and then you don't know what to do. And so, um, I, I actually find that cities like Philly, Baltimore, mm -hmm. uh, New Orleans, smaller metropolitan cities. Um, the, even New York are more. I find Washington D.C. to be the almost an anomaly in that whole makeup. It's quite. Why? I find that well, what you guys were talking about earlier, not only with the in our industry, this is specific yeah. to our industry. Yeah. The 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 pool of talent that we reach into to try to help run our restaurants, um, it's very very different mm -hmm. in D.C. than than these other towns. True. The um the almost the appreciation for the professional. Server, bartender, does not exist in BC. You know, it's not here, mm -hmm. and we see it flourishing in other parts. Dallas, we see it flourishing. In yeah. other Dallas parts is of the a country. huge market. No, totally agree. Yeah, and I love all those cities, and I was recently in quite a few of them. But um, God, DC is a head scratcher from so many reasons. But what you touched on earlier—that mm -hmm. sort of erudite, academic, almost pure approach to just academics and 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 how that translates to a maybe a career on, on Capitol Hill. It doesn't really work well with the hospitality business. No, no it doesn't because the people you're serving are the same way. So it's yeah. very difficult. Yeah. Okay. So Baltimore was a bit of a fail, but you took but great experience. List, you learned from it. Yeah. I love that, turning it around. So what brings you to DC? Oh, no. You started in National Harbor. Yeah. We started in National Harbor. Yeah. So, um, and you went big in National Harbor. We did. Those are all brand new spaces <laughs> and big spaces, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. We're just under 6,000 square feet in National Harbor, huge That's patio, good. over 90 seats. Mm -hmm. But um, we lucked out. You know, one of our investors from Kettle Hill in Baltimore, uh, mm -hmm. Stu Damon, who is our, our third partner in NRSRG, yeah. mm -hmm. um, he liked what we were doing. Mm -hmm. And um, he's a local guy. He worked for Marriott for, for many years, so it's right outside of D.C. Mm -hmm. So um, our relationship was great. So we, we he invited us to uh, to join SRG. And um, 
we got an opportunity. We got lucky and to do something in National Harbor. So was that when National Harbor opened or was it a little later? It was it was later. Okay. It was later. We picked up a second generation restaurant that oh. was actually owned and operated by a group out of Hollywood. You know, I mean, oh, I know which space. It was the ketchup space. Yeah, the ketchup space. Yeah. What's his name? Um, the Ashton, actor. Ashton, Ashton Kutcher. Kutcher. Right. Yeah. And listen, nothing God, against that, Ashton Kutcher. Epic, I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah. Please. I could tell you. Never mind. Let's 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 how, talk about you and not talk about that. Oh my God! What if that was a nightmare? Yeah. yeah. Oh my! But again, talk about people saying we're building it, oh, and yeah. you should come. I mean, yeah. it wasn't even that. It was like building it, and like you're welcome. Yeah. Which you know, yeah. there's no hospitality in that. We got. We certainly got lucky. Our mm -hmm. sophomore effort was a, was incredibly fortuitous. <clears throat> we got this shot really because at the time we were aligned with another man who was an operator um he helped us get that piece of property but he didn't really have it was really chris and myself who they were relying on they were older guys who were they were they were relying on to mm -hmm. make it happen Excellent. meaning we were gonna you know come up with a concept come up with the operations we were gonna be the boots on the ground which we were mm -hmm. you know we were we were co-gms of the restaurant so we were, lived in that space you know day and night and and that's what they needed but that's what we needed and because we were so well, we were poor, we mm -hmm. were hungry, we right. got our asses kicked in Baltimore City. Right. We needed to come back, and we needed to come back, Nikki, fast. That proved it, right. Really yeah. fast. And so this gave us that opportunity. So when we got it, man, we just we just crunched it out, and we just made it happen. And, and it now is one of the most successful restaurants in National Harbor. Not That's only amazing. from a guest service satisfaction and associate satisfaction, but also for us, top line is really is so. Really explain good. the concept just quickly because I think what you did was you hit the sweet spot mm. of what people want to do, especially in the National Harbor. Even though you're not getting seafood out of the National Harbor, when people see a water view, they think <clears throat> they should be eating seafood. Yeah, yeah, right. That's that was exactly the thought. And Des came up with the plan. He said, "Hey, when when went on the water, serve seafood." Mm -hmm. um, I think Mike Sternberg actually said that. Was that him? Oh yeah, God, but I, I'll, give, I'll give you credit. Um, but Des can speak to more about the concept. You know, every time we, we find a, we find an area in a space, Des will, will really write a backstory to give mm. it history, give it personality, which, which helps us give the whole project direction. Um, I'll let him speak more kind of that process, but I guess so. I didn't turn out to be such a horrible writer after all. So right. I, it was useful in this, in this respect, but, um, yeah, I really try hard to create a, um, a very specific era of time that we want to work within. And I draft, you know, with copy and with, photos and music it's very tactile so chris can lock in and and understand it's like it a, a, a pinterest board it's very storyboard right? oh yeah. totally like is. you're doing a storyboard yeah, yeah. and it you're telling everybody what your yeah. narrative is it's, and it's, how you want it to feel it the vibe the whole thing it's, it is it's nothing more elaborate than that okay. it, it's very simplistic but it's but the reason why we do that is because it becomes the bible which we write our ppm with our our business plan mm -hmm. it becomes the the go back and and check in, make sure that, you know, the lighting is right and the decor is right and the menu is right and all those little idiosyncratic things mm -hmm. and nuances that make up our restaurants. We got to like touch them. Mm -hmm. When you get, you know, you have questions, you need someplace to go to and say, okay, this is what we decided. This is what we got to do. So let's go in this direction. And yeah. it makes it There's easy. a lot of debates and it helps yeah. solve the debates really yeah. quickly where you say, 
Where yeah. does it does it fit in the roadmap, right? right? Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. But I assume the roadmap has to shift a little bit when you get into that. I want to go into chicken and whiskey because yeah. then you guys decide to come into DC. And aside from what we talked about as far as hol- uh, hospitality staffing in DC, DC is also to me a very tough nut from the uh, those who want to open up a restaurant there. In that um, out of towners are not smiled upon greatly yeah. um people not just listen people in the industry everybody plays well in the sandbox yeah. i mean like all the chefs all the restaurateurs mostly restaurateurs yeah almost everybody like really loves to work together does yeah. collabs like all the things it's the eaters and the diners that are like oh you're coming from out of town yeah you know who are you we had a plan for that oh did you all right i'm here for it so Let's we, have, hear we it. have a partner we have a, a partner in chicken whiskey his name's uh, charles koch okay so he's a he's it's very DJ, much a dc right? yeah dj okay. dirty hand so yeah. he's mm-hmm. he's a dc fixture um mm-hmm. he's owned a couple different nightclubs he owned fly lounge um owned mm-hmm. heist so you know chuck i lived in dc at that point in time for about four years mm-hmm. but chuck was our chuck was our local guy he was our boots in the ground he had all the relationships yeah. so we brought chuck in and it gave us a lot of validity mm-hmm. um to come into DC and, and pull off what we were, well, what we were trying to accomplish. Well, that is helpful. So now let's talk about the concept of chicken and whiskey because it's, especially when it opened, it was unique. I mean, there were yeah. speakeasies yeah. around DC, but what you were doing was a lot more like, um, sort of like bathtub gin up in New York, you know, Love where it. like, yeah. you know, there was a coffee shop in the front and yeah. then the secret or door. PDT. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? So milk and honey, you know. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So many more in New York yeah. than in DC. Yeah. yeah. But um, was that your inspiration for well, good. Chris, what? So f- funny enough, we initially we set out just to do a fast casual chicken joint. Okay. And we were like, let's 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 maybe get away from the bar stuff and see how if we can just come up with a fast casual food concept. <clears> we <throat> found the, found the space, loved the location, and what is now the whiskey bar was separated off from the space we were looking at. It used to be like an old parking, like someone's like garage, right? Okay. So we looked around the space. Wait, and like, what was in the chicken and whiskey space? Because it was an old, it's an old building. It was Previous, a it was gym, a gym, a yeah. dog, doggy daycare. daycare. Yeah, a bunch yeah, of weird. Yeah, it was never a restaurant. Yeah, okay. it's a hundred. The building's one hundred and thirty years old now, something like mm-hmm. that. When we took it over seven years ago. It was. 137, 127 year old. Yeah, so it's 134 years old. Yeah, yeah. it's an old building. Mm-hmm. So we, when we got a tour, we said we love it to the broker, and the broker said, "Wait, but there's more." And we're like, "What do you mean there's more? This is exactly what we need." And right. he yeah. opened this weird, funky door, and there was a thousand square feet hidden behind this big wall. And um, we're like, "All right, well, we'll just throw a bar in there, I guess." <laughs> well, Chris actually wanted. Chris started the whole thing. He wanted to do a really simplistic bar and 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 food establishment okay super down and dirty dive bar no frills menu on the wall order your food off the menu on the wall grab mm-hmm. a couple drinks bring some cool coolness and some sophistication but never ever show it okay. never show it with the way we you know the way we present ourselves so we thought <clears throat> this was such a sort of a breath of fresh air coming from national harbor or sort of a buttoned up corporate place mm-hmm. uh and we just jumped in we got Chuck on board. Our partner Stu loved it. We all came up with this sort of, you know, chicken and whiskey idea together. But where'd the chicken come from? What was it about what you were eating at the time, or what you saw was missing from the street? It what? came from it came from Highland Town, Baltimore. When Des and I lived in Baltimore, we used to go to a place well, called. Tell Chick- about the Chaz, the Chaz Brown thing. Yeah. Okay. So Des and I had had loved this place called Chicken Rico in Highland Town or Greek Town outside of Baltimore sure. that we used to go to all the time, and it was fantastic. Um, and we were introduced to Peruvian chicken there. We always loved that. And we had an investor from Kettle Hill that's like, "You guys got to do this chicken concept." 
But that was just like a go in, get your chicken, get out kind of place, 100%. right? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. With yuca yeah. or plantains or yeah. whatever, right? So yeah. a gentleman that I had, had uh, worked with when I was consulting in the Bahamas, his name is Chaz Brown. You know, he was on Top Chef and mm -hmm. around the world and plates and all that kind okay. of stuff. Yeah, yeah. He, he became a good friend of mine and he had done a pop-up in New York City uh, that was Korean fried chicken. So we initially had wanted to partner with Chaz to do a Korean fried chicken joint. Um, and unfortunately that just, that just didn't work out. He was super busy in New York city and okay. was doing a bunch of stuff, but, um, we revisited the, the Poya La Brasa yeah. idea and, um, Des was lucky enough to, to connect with Enrique Lamardo. Yeah. Lucky. Oh, because he was originally in Baltimore. Yeah. I was going to ask. Everything like, comes from Baltimore. Right. So <laughs> I was like, so because now he has like eight restaurants in DC, but prior oh, yeah. to this, he no. wasn't in DC at, at all. No, he was at Baltimore at La Cucina. Right. No, not La, no, no, no. no at, um. Um, was it Alma? Alma. Alma La Cucina, yes. yes. Alma La Cucina, he was the executive chef mm -hmm. there. And I was going, I lived across the street with my wife and my newborn daughter, Karis. And we would go when we had a couple extra bucks to his restaurant. And it was really good. Yeah, he's a little expensive. Talented. But um, I, would, I was eating there maybe once every two or three months, special occasions, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Didn't know who he was. Sure. Didn't really know who he was until um, we had a fishmonger who we would buy our fish from in um, National Harbor. And he said, man, if you really want to get a great Latin talent, you got to go to have dinner at, at Alma Cucina Latina, and you're going to see Enrique Lamardo. And I said, wait a second, I know this place. I go there. So I'm going to set you up with a meeting with him, with Enrique. Wow. And you guys can sort it out. So I was thrilled. I walked across the street. Uh, we had a meeting. I sat with Enrique the way Chris and I sit with everybody. Mm -hmm. And and I was at the time, I was by myself. I just pitched him the concept. You know, with my little computer and my storyboard, like right. I, you know, do with everybody. And right. it was very sort of like simplistic and quaint. And he just said, I always wanted to do this concept. You know, he, he's like very dramatic dramatic, and he's very Latin. And he always wanted to do this concept. <laughs> I was like, well, let's do it together. It's like, no, no, no. I'll be a consultant. Didn't really want to be a partner yet. I know, but that's kind of smart. I know, but yeah. don't, I mean, yeah. I could see that. That's a smart guy, don't I, yeah. you? Well, he's a smart guy because now he's our partner for, oh, yeah. for real. Yeah. But wait, are you partners in all of his things? No, 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 no. Chicken Sorry, and whiskey. I'm just curious. The partnership of chicken and whiskey yeah. is with Enrique um, only uh, okay. um, in, on the SRG concept front. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. But so that's, he, was he designed thing. the menu. Mm -hmm. He did the menu, curated everything, introduced us to real, you know, Venezuelan and Peruvian, and you know, Peru with the influences from japan and china it's oh, incredible so that was a whole new light bulb moment for me mm. personally i can't speak to chris but that was really the linchpin that made this thing become wow um not only worthy of you know the tom sitsumas of the world and mm -hmm. all of the nuanced writers but um it gave us like real food credibility gave you street cred yeah. yeah totally well the right. bar gave us the street cred but the, he gave us the food credibility that right. we didn't really have before right no the bar gave you the yeah. people coming because i'm because people a... walked in i remember the first time i walked in and i was like i understand what yeah. Where's the bar? I didn't understand What's what this? was happening. Know, what is right? like, I was People like, would literally leave reviews on Yelp, like this place is like like a scam. There's not, not even whiskey, the whiskey there. And you're like, I mean, it's... I was like, I don't understand what's happening here. <laughs> well, tell her about the whole door and why we even did that. Um, we wanted to make it the chicken refrigerator in the yeah. back. Right. It was just kind of a joke. I mean, we, we're used to coming from New York where there's so many hidden bars. We're like, mm -hmm. it's not not special. It's just going to be yeah. funny. Right. Yeah. Um, and that was the whole idea. But yeah, I mean, the bar was the bar was really inspired by this place in New York City called Mother's Ruin. Mm -hmm. And Mother's Ruin was able to find this niche of a ups. It's like a, a like a mature dive bar. If that yeah. makes sense. So yeah. it's like yeah. it's like kind of dive bar prices and dive bar casual, but then they deliver 
really good product. Really good, really great product and really good service and really fun music and stuff. Mm -hmm. So we were really inspired um, by what TJ Lynch and the, and the guys at Mother's Ruin were doing. Um, so yeah, we just wanted to be a neighborhood bar that really under-promises, over-deliver. But at the end of the day, it's just fun. But it's always packed. Packed. Always packed, right? We were talking about... We were talking about I it haven't been in a couple months, so, but it... Yeah. Every time I've ever been, oh, it's a it's category. Packed. It's a category busting anomaly. Yeah. In terms of sales per square foot, which is what Chris. Right. And I, it's a thousand square feet, right? The, the whiskey no, bar it's is three thousand one hundred and fifty yeah. square feet. The whole property. Yes. The entire thing, right? Right. But the so the bar, bar, the bar is roughly thirteen hundred square feet. Okay. But um, but the point is that uh, we sh we have magic happening there, mm -hmm. and we didn't, and we since then tried to recreate the magic, and it's been different, not the same. But that is. A unique concept at a unique location that just caught like, this incredible excitement mm -hmm. from our audience, and it still is a thing. It still yeah. is a discovery. It still is a thing with the food and and. Well, and I want to be clear to people if they haven't been that it's a fast casual concept in the front. Oh yeah, it is not like yeah, it's like a Chipotle. Yeah, well, but with a high with a Michelin rated right. chef. Let's yeah, let's. Put I don't it mean to denigrate it, but no, it's, no, no. It really, but I don't want to be. It's, it's a fast casual concept, oh, it is. right? Um, and then you have the bar, so you're you're expanding on that now. Mm -hmm. You're taking it to other locations. Can you expand and still give the same vibe and sort of fun experience with that with the bar? Because I feel like that's special to DC. Can that translate in other markets? We'll never be able to recreate what's on 14th street. And I, truthfully, I, I don't think we've really attempted to do, you know, people are like, why didn't you do a speakeasy at ballpark or why? And we're like, you know what, that's special for 14th street. Mm -hmm. But at, what we're finding is each location that we have between Columbia and Clarendon and even our ballpark location, everything has its, has its own little identity, right? So, um, ballpark now is, is really entertainment focused. So we have a stage, we do live performances every oh, Friday wow. and Saturday night. We just launched uh, karaoke on Wednesdays, which is oh, been are you kidding? bonkers it's so hot oh, yeah. right now. You gotta sing Come Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Are you kidding? We were there Me last... and my husband will sing "Great Balls of Fire." That's his song. What? I love it. That's what he does. Um, yes. But yeah, everything. Every we're finding every market really has its own little niche that we that we try to tie into. So n nothing will ever really emulate what we're doing on 14th Street. I but, think that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I think as we talked earlier, like fitting the need of the area, and I think it would really take away from the specialness yeah. of the bar, and like you can't can't always make fetch happen you know like it can't it can't mm -hmm. you can't always repeat things we, sometimes it doesn't make sense it's true and we we had a, a special triumvirate of bartenders who were total theatrical people i mean mm -hmm. these were actors and they were they were generating the, the fun zone in that bar we've really struggled to find talent like that and that had a lot to do with it giving us sort of a groundswell hmm. but what you're talking about uh, this this sort of geo specific community neighborhood joint i never saw that coming mm. oh it was a myth i mean for me i can't speak to chris for me it was a gigantic mess and we've since pivoted from we'll put it this way with the success of 14th street we suddenly get like all these big landlords developers oh, sniffing around on your door let's bring chicken and whiskey here let's mm -hmm. bring chicken and whiskey there you know chris and i are jumping on planes we're going to tampa um we're cruising all around the greater dmv virginia baltimore you name it trying to like find another home for this growth expansion because we're really but what are you growing so is it's the chicken concept you're growing of chicken and whiskey but the whiskey is sort of like asterisks. Oh, like, no, no. It's, it's, you need them both. Okay. They're, they're symbiotic. So like, for I sure. haven't yeah. been to the one down by uh, the baseball stadium. So how does, 
How does a fast casual chicken place integrate a full bar program successfully? It's really two businesses under one under one roof. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, there's a complete divide. So 14th Street, it's chicken in the front and, and whiskey in the back. And now they're um, really side by side. So they're standalones that support each other. Oh, okay. Completely separated, different lighting, different music, different mm. everything. Um, with just you know shared shared amenities, really. Get, okay. You can get the full food menu in the in the whiskey bar. Yeah. We've got a bunch of drinks and cocktails on tap from from the whiskey bar in the chicken joint that are mm-hmm. eight bucks at you know. Yeah. That well, makes it doable. One of the yeah. really interesting things that's developed. This is twenty twenty three has been a dramatic learning year. We did three chicken and whiskeys in under two years, which wow. is we don't want to do that. We don't want to do more than one restaurant a year, a year and a half. Mm-hmm. We're not built that, for that kind of expansion really at this point in time. We're still a small independent company, four hundred twenty employees. Um, well, soon to be, soon to be eight restaurants, but, um, (laughs) point is that, um, we, what we thought, what we had on 14th street, as soon as we moved into a more commercial, um, market, uh, with, you know, in office buildings, in condominium buildings, in in great American malls, it changed. It became dramatically something else. I bet. And so what Chris was talking about earlier, we've had to creatively pivot, Mm. but the good news is, um, we're able to do that. Because we know how to use the space well, mm. and we come up with different ideas, and we suss it out amongst the, our group. But we pivoted dramatically in the ballpark to an entertainment zone with the stage and the comedy. It makes and so the much sense. Zone. Oh, it does, right? But here's what I think is great about what you guys are saying, because there has been so many times where I've had people sitting here and being like, "But the people didn't understand what I wanted." Oh. Do you know what <laughs> Listen, I mean? Like, no, 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 they they just didn't get it, and I'm like, no, 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 you didn't. Get it. Like yeah. you can't. At the end of the day, the audience it. will impart on wh- it what they will. The exactly. audience will tell you what they want. And if you don't have big enough ears and listen well, then mm-hmm. you're doomed. You probably shouldn't be in this business in the first place. Well, I don't know if that's the case, but I agree with you. Like, I that's think my take. Okay. I'm, all right. You're allowed your take on one line. Um, no, I do think that for some people, um, that, you know, maybe they started off like, for example, chicken and whiskey yeah. on 14th street was this huge success, right? right? Everybody loved it, loved the concept. It would be really easy to print and stamp it, you know, or stamp and print it, you know, around in other places. And, you know, people didn't get it. Be like, well, they, you know, what do they know? Instead of being like, no, we want to make some money. Like, let's keep this happening. So a real departure then is taking over Doi Moi, right? Well, Chris, why don't you start with this? Somewhat. Chris discovered Doi Moi. um, yeah, became friends. Um, oh, and Two Birds. I mean, Two Birds was my hangout, just so you know. Yeah, when yeah, Adam Burnback was there. Oh, my really? God, we all hung out there. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So we we literally opened Chicken and Whiskey across the street from Doi Moy. And um, after, you know, we couldn't could only eat so much chicken, yeah. Doi Moy became my, my second kitchen. Sure. Um, so we just fell in love with the food there and the staff there and, and mm-hmm. the whole nine. And, um, so you guys probably were eating there after Mark passed away? Correct. So Hyder had already left. Hyder Karoom, Lawrence Chloe. He the one, he's the one who set up the initial menu there. And then uh, Johanna took over after him. Yeah, very talented chef. Johanna was, was the one that was uh, in the kitchen. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. She was great. I love her. her. She's yeah. got something coming up. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was it. We just spent a lot of time there. And I went there once with my wife. And, and, um, and I said, man, I love this place. But I feel like there's some components missing that could make it a little more engaging, um, not only from just having fantastic food, but just a little more vibrancy and stuff like that. And um, mm. she said, you should talk to them about, you know, partnering or giving your opinions. And I'm like, eh, no one's going well, to listen to my. Well, to be clear, Jason loved Jason Culler, yeah. who mm-hmm. took over for his brother after he passed. Yeah. 
Jason Color loved chicken and whiskey. Yeah. Like I used to see him eating in the yeah. window yeah. at chicken and whiskey. Yeah. All the time. He's a great guy. Yeah. So we so randomly, um, like three weeks go by and I'm I'm got invited to this they called a uh like a good friends dinner or something like that where it's like 10 people get to invite 10 friends that are all different and then everyone kind of like talks and mingles oh, that's so cool. i get that sat cool. at yeah i, I like want to be invited to something yeah. like yeah. that how come i yeah. wasn't invited to that? i don't know <laughs> where were we be, you guys will be my, okay. my invites next time but, um, <laughs> we're on the list okay we've got a but a friend had hosted that and who do i get sat next to jason kohler uh-huh. and you know jason um unfortunately because of his brother mark's passing you know uh-huh. he was really these restaurants were dropped off in his lap and you know he's not a he wasn't really a restaurant guy he was a really great comedian and labor attorney and he mm-hmm. was living out in uh, on the west coast um so yeah we just we, we struck up a, a friendship and then started having coffee and drinks and chatting and then one thing led to the next and mm-hmm. um you know jason asked us if we would join the team god isn't that amazing and then what mm-hmm. did you now i know it was two birds and then they changed it to like the wedding something that never destination wedding oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um no judgment but like two birds had a really adam burnback that was his space um he lives in the south now but like that was like the bar yeah you know before mm-hmm. chicken and whiskey like yeah. everybody went there it was small it had this really great vibe really good cocktails yeah. great wine um and you could get some snacks from upstairs so how did you engage that space because you have to know about that space because it's around the corner you know, you can get in through the restaurant yeah. if you know, yeah. but it's really the separate entrance. Well, we wiped the slate clean. We came in there and I was super reluctant to get involved. I knew the real estate was good and the deal was was pretty good, meaning mm-hmm. the partnership we had to strike with Jason. But I was really trepidatious about doing something that someone else had started. Sure. And then the more research I did on Mark, mm-hmm. the more I realized here was this sort of Bigger than, than life, life figure, right? And and I'm this Wait, nobody. I just, I just want to tell you, Mark was like six ten. Yeah, mean, he was the tallest guy. Oh, yeah. And when he and I'm five feet tall. Yeah. So yeah. when we would talk, I'm like talking to his belly button basically because he <laughs> refused to like look down. He would look straight out. Mm. So I would like have to jump to like. It was not easy. And he was this incredibly accomplished attorney. <laughs> I know he was. And he had guy. this massive re- reputation. Of, uh, um, oh, he had the biggest wine cellar. Yeah. Personal wine cellar. Right. He had ten thousand bottles of wine yeah. in his house, and I got to partake in that. It was that, good. In his, <laughs> wow. And then the guy, then the guy becomes this restaurateur, mm-hmm, and true. suddenly all of these other accolades follow him in mm-hmm. this other career. It was a daunting task, and the more research I did on him, the more I realized that. Um, Man, I'm in over my head with this concept. I know we're going to keep the name, but I don't really know what to do here. This is, I don't really want to do it. I just don't like want to do someone else's stuff. I want to do our own thing. So how'd you convince him? It took a lot of convincing. Okay. A lot. Because you did it. <laughs> a lot. But once he... Well, Are think, you still reticent? Oh, no. No, okay, once I'm good. in, oh, Chris will tell you. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, once he met Jason and really learned more yeah. about Mark, that's mm-hmm. what, that's what I think got the buy-in. There was okay. only so much convincing I could do. It was. So I, for Mark... I'm sorry. Um, Jason and I went on two two dates, two mm-hmm. mandates, mm-hmm. and for about four hours each time, we just ate and drank, and I just interviewed him sure. about everything. Mm-hmm. And we really bonded. We connected uh, over a lot of things. And I told him when I was done that my mission was to honor his brother, the, the legacy, mm-hmm. but it was going to be something new and fresh. And if you're okay with it, mm-hmm. I'm going to take a crack at it, and I'll present something you know, to you after Chris and, and mm-hmm. Stu bless it, because we do everything together. It's, okay. a, it's the three of us. It's not, there's no, no boss. The three mm-hmm. of us 
call all the shots together, which is great because no one has the pressure, right? Sure. And we all back each other up. So if the th if I could get Jace um, Stewart and Chris to buy in, then we would show it to Jason Culler, which we did. And man, um, I was it was. I'm not really a nervous guy, and Chris will tell you we do a lot of pitches together. I don't really get nervous in you know pitch rooms and in audiences. I was really nervous. Okay. I was sweating. I don't mm. really. My hands were sweating. Right. I wanted him to like it so badly that I was freaking out inside. Okay. So what's the pitch? What the pitch of Doymoy? Yes. Well, this is. I wanted. I wanted to create. Doymoy was white, right? It was completely oh, white. I wanted to go the opposite way. I wanted. Doymoy to feel like Indochine, mm -hmm. the Catherine Deneuve movie. I wanted it to be exploding with so much color that it was just palpable and you could reach in through the screen and just touch and feel the food and the timeline and the era. I, I just fell in love with that specific period of time in Vietnam, uh, with the French occupation and mm -hmm. a lot of, and this is, this is the second part. So many horrific bad, bad things happened mm -hmm. that, um, are, you know, and, and they're widely publicized. Everybody knows. Um, whenever you have an occupying country taking over another, there's going to be nothing but bloodshed. But what came out of it was incredible cuisine that, to this day, is just incredibly incredible. popular. Yes. So again, we'd like to take the bullshit and bring something positive out of it. The demise of Kettle Hill begat the success of Walrus. Sure. But here we are with this with this mini movie we're trying to create. And, and this infusion of, of, of color and character and a brand new menu. We, Chris did all these great things with the bar and we opened up this window. We made it street in, street mm -hmm. out so people could feel it and see it from the curb. Tremendous curb appeal. But the, the key was, um, we, we got the menu right. We honored a couple of dishes that were on the previous menu. Sure. But yet we put all this new stuff on there. But who'd you bring in to cook? Wade Fat. Okay. Chef Wade Fat. And he was our opening, opening chef. Mm -hmm. um, he was really more a consultant. Okay. We didn't want to jump in bed with a, uh, an executive chef or another partner, so we hired him to get us started. And in a totally sort of 360 moment, just recently, Chris and Stu and I hired um, uh, a guy by the name of uh, Death Kyophone, who when Hyder Karoom was the executive chef, he was the executive sous chef. Oh. Of of yeah. of of Doymoy Oh no, Doymoy. So he's now starting to work with us in. Oh my god, that's full circle. In January, yeah. Um, on the on our next iteration of the menu. Oh, how fantastic. crazy is that? Yeah. I love that. Oh yeah, so it's going to be dynamite. I can't wait. Oh, that is exciting. And I feel like okay, so you have these locations. What did you do with the space, the um, two bird space? Um, so it's Doymoy downstairs. That's it. So yeah, so it's it's just a completely different feel. You know, the, the ground level, like Des said, is it's bright. It's meant to be a bit chaotic. It's meant to be loud. It's street. It's, mm -hmm. it's really Vietnamese street food concept upstairs. Mm -hmm. Really vibrant tropical drinks upstairs. Inexpensive. We do an eight dollar daiquiri program, wow. which is insane. We do that yeah. is insane. Yeah, and That's we do crazy. seasonal uh, eight dollar right. daiquiris, and we sold over sixty five thousand daiquiris last year. Yeah, wow, crazy. Yeah, and then downstairs is this more decadent. It's more kind of opium den esque, dark. Mm. Sultry cocktails are a bit I different. Yeah. You gotta, I have to come in. I haven't been You got to come check it out. I know. It's my fault. I haven't been in. Music is Listen, killer. We have to wrap it up. But before we do, I do want to talk about just quickly about being on 14th Street, how it feels now as opposed to um, seven years ago mm -hmm. when you guys started there yeah. and sort of what your thoughts are. I mean, listen, I... I go to 14th Street multiple times a week. Yeah. My friends have businesses there. I'm down there. I have no <clears> issues. <throat> but, you know, there's a lot of fear out there at the moment. There's a lot of broadcast stories. 
Is it affecting you and is it affecting your business? Somebody. Touchy subject. I know. <laughs> so 14th Street for us has been, you know, it's 14th Street. It's, it's like the nexus. For me, for us, it's the nexus of, of, of DC. Um, mm -hmm. So business is there. The traffic is, is there. But we've had multiple shootings literally in front of our restaurants mm -hmm. um, where we've got to get all the guests down on the ground and hit the deck and um, lots of robberies in our businesses. Um, so we've... You know, there's still a lot of good going on on 14th Street, but mm -hmm. there has been a huge uptick in crime over the last two, two and a half years. Yeah, mm -hmm. I am a fiercely independent sort of person. I do not wait for the cavalry to come save me. Mm. I circle the wagons and I, I'm a big proponent. We save ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. And so to that end, we tighten up security. We hire security. We increase surveillance. We double down on all those security measures that are going to protect ourselves. And, and then we keep pushing out um, uh, our intolerance for BS shenanigans. For example, um, we're not afraid to call the cops so we see any problems ever at any time. Mm -hmm. If we have a, if we have an aggressive homeless person who has psychiatric issues, we have hotlines to get these people, you know, um, the help. They need. And, and yeah, cause you can't throw those guys in jail. No, of course not. Not only is it not help, helpful to them, it's not helpful for society as a whole, but right. they need attention, right? So we got to get that. Um, we, so we do that. Um, we make sure that our staff is super vigilant about what happens in the evenings, um, type of people that come in and go, but, and, and then. But I think uh, for your staff and for your consumers, that knowing that you have their back. Oh yeah. Is a real reinsurance, especially yeah. to the staff. Like if your staff is like, no, these guys got my back. Yeah. You know, that, that sort of leeches out to the people who are dining there. Do you know what I mean? So our, big, our biggest thing was adding two additional security guards and one in front of Chicken and Whiskey and one at, at Doimoy where they literally are just out there to yeah. help guests, help help our help our staff, so show presence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, unfortunate, but so smart. Yeah. You've got to be, you just have to have an intolerance for the BS and you have to keep, you have to, and as long as you show United Front, not only will your staff have your back as well, mm -hmm. but the bad guys will recognize that and like, you know what, those guys are problematic. It didn't help us not get robbed three times at Chicken and Whiskey and sorry, three times at Doymoy and once at Chicken and Whiskey. But what it did do is it, it just galvanized us enough to keep it moving forward, keep it going, still trying to push out a mm -hmm. good, and not giving in, Nikki, right. not giving in. I'm it's, with you. Yeah, I'm you with can't you. give in. Well, I mean, listen, I want to thank you guys. I have yeah. to end. The show could go on for a long time, but this is okay. fun. I have to All end right. it. Of course it's fun. Yeah. Don't be yeah. so Thanks surprised. Um, <laughs> tell everybody where they can find you on Insta, yeah. how we can stay in touch with new things, at all the, chicken, all the things. <laughs> There's a lot going on. Yeah. At Chicken and Whiskey, uh, at uh, Walrus Oyster and Ale, at mm -hmm. Doi DC, and soon to be arriving at Benny's Pizzas. Oh, right. So, Wait, where's Benny's Pizza opening? Oh, yeah. Benny's Pizzas is up at the mall in Columbia. Okay. Grand opening is going to be the 21st of December. So the Mall of Columbia gets a brand new Christmas present this year. We're bringing we're bringing New York style pizza by the slice. Uh, by the slice and the whole pie. Okay. We've got a kick ass. I'm not even supposed to say his name. Kick ass Michelin star chef. Okay, but nobody listens. Go ahead. All right. So uh, Gerald Addison is oh, doing sure. our pizza. Oh yeah, right. His food is incredible. Mm -hmm. And and Chris and and our team are going to be pumping out our same amazing cocktails. But it's going to be sandwiched right in between chicken and whiskey and walrus. 
Fantastic. Yeah. I'm so happy for you guys. Well, yeah. listen, thank you both for joining me today. I'm just going to have you sit for a second while I'll wrap it up. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, so thanks to both of them for joining me. And thank you for joining me here in the beautiful Wren in the Capital One building in Tyson's. So much more to do here in Tyson's. I can't wait to um, sort of skulk around and see what else is opening up around here. So follow me at N-Y-C-C-I-N-E-L-L-I-S. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, all the platforms. And don't forget the show. Not only can you download it on any of your favorite podcast platforms, but it's also available on YouTube. Uh, thanks again for joining me today and have a delicious week. Produced by HeartCast Media.